1: Now, more of Gretchen Keefe
0: on WEEI and streaming everywhere
1: on the Odyssey app. Bradfo Show. That's my open. That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion.
0: Bradfoe Show. That's
2: delicious. Why you need to follow at Bradfoe on Twitter because he's the guy who gets the video of Joey C. the Big Cheese scarily riding in traffic on his bicycle. That was wild. It was uh, something... Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is our friend Rob Bradford of WEI.com, the Midweek Clubhouse Report, brought to you by McFarland Energy, Greater Boston and Cape Cod's choice for dependable heating and cooling solutions at McFarlandEnergy.com. Bradford, were you nervous watching Joey see the big cheese <laughs> riding through traffic in Fort Myers?
1: No, I'm never nervous. Joe can navigate anything. And by the way, he wears that bike helmet throughout the entire broadcast. So it's uh, pretty first. impressive. Yep,
2: got to do it. Well, when you're working with someone that's 6'7", you never know when an elbow is going to come mm-hmm. down on your head accidentally. Foul so. ball. Foul ball. That's yeah,
1: true, too. vote. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Joe, Joe is uh, – the, the thing about the bike, I knew he was riding a bike back and forth to, to Hammond Stadium. I did not know the basket was in the front. and that, That's an aggressive move when he was just saying, yeah, you know what, I don't care. I'm secure in my own existence. I got the basket in the front. I'm putting stuff in it. Let's go. Baseball season's here. Baseball season is here. Will there be an
0: extension for Rafael Devers before the start of the season?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. That's me. Um, now I know that you know. Obviously, they've been talking. I know that some. I know that Will came on, and Will obviously knows a lot of people, and he, he's optimistic about it. I just look at it as Rafael Devers. Is it has, has basically put him as the guy he's comparing himself to, if that makes any sense. He's not comparing himself to Jose Ramirez. He's not comparing himself to other third baseman. He's a guy who you're going to have to buy out one year of arbitration, which you'll probably make over $20 million next year if he does go to arbitration, and then you're hitting free agency. It's going to cost you a lot of money, and Rafael Devers, when you talk about money and when you talk about what he's worth, I firmly believe he believes that he's among the, he he should be valued in the, a top 10 guy in the game. And that's going to cost a lot more than Jose Ramirez.
0: So is he a top 10 guy in the game? And should the
1: Red Sox give him say $300 million? I think, right. I think this year he could be, like, I think he could be. Is he off of last year? No, he isn't because when you lead the league in errors, you can't be a top 10 guy in the game, but, he, I think he, looking at him in spring training, it's night and day for me defensively. Uh, he looks really, really good. Whether that not that carries over, we'll see. But if he can turn it around defensively and do what he's been doing offensively, because remember, I mean, guys, in the playoffs last year, he did a home run with one arm. Like, with one arm. Like, you can only do that in wiffle ball. Like, last time I checked. So, you know, like, this is a guy who – I think it absolutely could be a top 10 guy of the game this year.
2: Rob Bradford at WEI.com. Aggression and Keith on the Harbor One hotline for the midweek clubhouse report. So how do you see the Red Sox tying Devers and Bogarts together, Rob, if at all? Is it really about we're going to choose one of these guys to be the one that we invest in? Or are those situations ex- exclusive to each other?
1: I think with Devers, it's probably more of a little bit of a preemptive thing. And I know that Bogarts obviously is talking, but as you, you know, you heard in the podcast the other day, you know, he wasn't optimistic. And there was a reason why he wasn't optimistic, because because I don't think they were coming close to where he thought he was, he deserved to be. So you go into the season, they're not going to – both of them have said they're not talking during the season. But with Devers, you have a little bit of time, you don't, you're not a free agent until after 2023. With Bogarts, it's a different situation. If he has a great year and he comes out of it, he's saying, hey, you know what? I, I appreciate everything in Boston, but now I had a great year. I earned the right to opt out of this contract, and I'm a shortstop, and I'm going to be paid like an elite shortstop. And I don't blame him. But I don't think the Red Sox are ready to say, hey, we're going to just assume that he's going to take this deal or assume that he's going to have a great year. So, I just, off of the vibe that I got from him the other day, I just don't feel like that he's probably going to get a deal done. Uh, Whereas Devers, maybe. Who knows? I I don't think he's going to get a deal done either. But still, I would be more optimistic about Devers. How many more years
0: do you think Xander Bogarts is a shortstop?
1: Ooh, let's see. Four? Yeah. So, if he he signs
0: one more big deal... He's probably a shortstop for you know a while but then then we'll transition by the end of it is your best guess
1: yeah and and you know there's no shame in that and that's no. fine i mean and and obviously, you know for Bogarts that might be okay as well when you get to 34, 35, you started thinking about your lot in life. I know I did, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, who didn't, right? Of I mean, course. I mean, well, how old are you, Rich? How old are you? 34, 35, 30. 33, wow. 32,
0: 30. Man. I'll take that. That's very kind. I'm 57 years old. You no, uh, just I'm, turned 40, so Rob. I'm 38.
1: Are you really? Yeah. Oh man, look look at you. Thanks. Look at you off. Awesome. I played off. Right. He could be
2: your son, Rob.
1: <laughs> you're you're you're, you're, spry. you're spry for a thirty eight year old. I, I mean, maybe it's because you wear wristbands around like in that wiffle ball picture, but that I don't is know. True. I, so.
0: I dress young, and it must help. <laughs> I dress young. <laughs> That's just like a child. <laughs> all three of us dress like
1: hobos. <laughs> yeah. Duffy Baker took twenty years off just by wearing wristbands around all the time. That's it? So good move by Smart. you. Smart. Um, so yeah, so I think I think that you know you're talking four or five years. He's looked good. You know he's committed himself to to sort of evolving in terms of getting a little older and maybe prioritizing moving around a little bit more, getting that first step going. Because like as Alice Cora said, you know he gets to a ball, he makes the out. That's been the case down here. That's usually the case. And and another thing Bogart said on the podcast was that he said the last two months last year, like he was noticeably better defensively. And I asked him, I said, well, do the Red Sox know that? Do the Red Sox show that? Because it all comes back to the analytics and what the computers are saying. He's like, yes, they saw it as well. And if that's the case, I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'll have to take your word for it. Last two months, we'll see if it translates.
2: Rob Bradford at WEI.com. Aggression, keep breaking down everything Red Sox. Rob, obviously opening day has been pushed back to Friday now here on WEI. Uh, does that change anything from a pitching setup standpoint for Alex Cora?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it changes how they view well, how the flexibility they have with Garrett Whitlock. You know, they might have to go in a case where now they, you might have to go to a six-man rotation. Now you might have to put him in as a start whereas before you had enough off days you didn't have to and you could piggyback him with Evaldi. you could piggyback him with rich hill so i I think they have so many games lumped together now so early in the season you know i think that has to be factored in so yeah i mean it's i don't think they knew this was coming even though like i mean i every time i hear a forecast a week out i'm like it's going to be the opposite but this one it seems that they hit the nail on the head and so they knew it was coming and they were playing accordingly Going back to
0: the possible extensions for Bogart's endeavors and their future, how much of it do you think uh, for Hein Bloom in the front office is having Marcelo Meyer and Nick York affecting what they're willing to do with these guys? Even though you have no idea how good Meyer or York could be at the major league level, they're at least very highly regarded prospects.
1: I think it all I think it's all leverage. It's all leverage. And not necessarily to the, say they Raphael Devers and Sander Bogart's hey take our deal or you know, we got these guys coming up, but leverage in the sense of it's plan B's, right? And it's the same thing with Trevor Story. Trevor Story was leveraged for Xander Bogart's. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. So so you have options. It's not like you say we have to absolutely do this. Now, from the ownership perspective, it's a different situation. Like so you guys have to explain to me. You know, so we, we were talking about Mookie Betts, and Mookie Betts was going into his free agent year. They said, well, we're not going to sign him, so we're going to trade him. Well, how is that any different than Xander Bogarts, right? I mean, and my guess is that because they understand how valuable Xander Bogarts is, and by the way, they can't do it again because people will be screaming and yelling, oh, my goodness, you're going to do this every time this comes up? Right. So I, I, I think that, I think that, To go back to your question, it's just like it's the plan Bs, and you always have to have plan Bs, and I think they're fortunate enough to have those. Rob, was there
2: anybody who either made the roster coming out of spring training that surprised you or who didn't make the roster out of spring that surprised you?
1: Well, my guy Ryan Fitzgerald hit another home run, in Worcester led the Grapefruit League in homers when he was sent down. Like, what's going on? Now he's just carried it over the triple a so they so uh, you know I, that would have been a nice story but he gets sent down but the guy everyone talks about is cutter crawford cutter crawford was the guy that and now Core course said this we didn't expect him to make the team and the next thing you know he comes out he's blowing 98 and and he's getting guys out left and right he's a guy that from florida gulf coast here and he he worked out with sale and prevented and all those guys and his velocity just jumped up and we saw him one time last year and it wasn't that great but he's a different guy now. And, and I saw him pitch yesterday. Same thing. I mean, he punctuated spring training with another good outing. So, they got listen, guys, I mean, they got to have some people step up here. I mean, there's no question about it. Whether it's like whoever is going to be the next Garrett Whitlock, whether it's Cutter Crawford, whether it's my guy Matt Strom with the long hair, you know, whoever it is. But they need some guys who we aren't thinking about to step up and be the sort of the Whitlock of last year. Should we be
0: optimistic that Matt Barnes found something in his mechanics? Or how do you view Barnes? Because I, unfortunately, I think his first half last year is more the anomaly than anything else. And maybe he's not as bad as he was in the second half, but he's probably nowhere near as good as he was in the first half either.
1: Okay, well, first off, he didn't find it. His dog did. Good point. Yep, you're right. his, His dog found it. He was watching a video of his dog, and he saw himself pitching and said, that doesn't look right. So uh, so he fixed that. Now, he, okay, after he, after he got the dog video, after he corrected the mechanics thanks to Callie the dog, he went back and he thought he pitched better the next day. But we don't know. Like, it's encouraging that you think that you found something. Absolutely. So this falls under the we just – we have no idea until we see him get on a Yankee stadium mound. And, listen, he's probably going to be throwing 93-94 and everyone's going to be like, well, that, can that get it done? We'll see. I mean, we'll see whether or not that can get out or not. But by, all I know is this last year, he was throwing 96-97 at the of the year, saying, here's my fastball, try to hit it. Um, so, you know, I, I think that maybe the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But I don't want to go overboard about spring training performances. But they need him, man. Like, they need him. That, that heat, for me, yeah. he's a really, really important guy on this team. Rob, is there
2: anything to what's going on in New York with Randy Levine, the president of the Yankees, taking it to court to keep this Yankee letter sealed? Is this going to become a story or not?
1: Well, first of all, any time you hear someone say, when you say someone's going to court to keep something sealed, it's probably not like, hey, everybody, come on in. Look at what's in the envelope, right? I mean, come on, I mean, it's, so, obviously, there's stuff in there that they don't want it to be seen. Now, whether or not people care, you know, I know that Evan Drellich hopes that everyone cares because he has a book that, that he's still, like, pushing since 2020. But, you know, it, but the, the thing is, is that, like, the Houston Astros thing Chris Sale said the other day. Like, when he says, when Chris Sale comes out and says on the Greg Hill show, about, oh, you know what, I don't know, man. I, I think that if they were the only one doing it, then fine, but they weren't the only one doing it. And it doesn't really get a lot of buzz. I don't know how much people are going to be up in arms about this stuff. I don't. De- no. I mean, again, I'll come back to the, oh, listen, you going to keep something sealed? That's not a good look. But to answer your question, are people going to care? Eh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think people will care as much as they did like a year ago.
0: What do you make of the anti-sign-stealing technology Uh, that... uh, So, for people who don't know, catchers are basically going to have a little, like, controller on their arm. Mm -hmm. It's it's looking like they're playing, like, old-school Nintendo or something. And they can do pitch location, (laughs) type of pitch. And then the pitcher and a few of the position players will have, like, a little earpiece. And it'll say, Mm -hmm. like, fastball up. And then they'll all be able to hear Mm that. Is this... Is this a good idea? Is this going to work? Is this going to speed the game up in a way because there's going to be less uh, threat of stealing signs? Or is this just another avenue to potentially steal signs? Yeah. The, the
1: way the way that you portrayed the picture, all that was missing was the immobile Atari 2600 jo- joystick. Right, right. That's it. That's all you got. You're just moving it around, <laughs> pitch location, play pitch. breakout. Yeah. Play, 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 play pitfall. You know, it's like. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that. You know, obviously some people are going to use it. The Red Sox weren't completely sold on it. Some of the complaints that I heard was you aren't going to be the pitchers aren't going to be able to hear. And, and any sort of loud crowd, like a Yankee Stadium crowd, they aren't going to hear. Even though it's multilingual, which I found fascinating, <laughs> you can adjust the language. Yeah, but it was just um, English
0: and Spanish. So all these poor Japanese players out there are like, listen. Well, this is no, really no, helpful. They, they, they
1: said they were Japanese. Somebody told me it was Japanese, too. Oh, so. okay. Oh, okay. I, I read just the two. Well, so, the right, ESPN that's good. The yeah. report only mm-hmm. had
2: English and Spanish. Oh, right, that's
1: good. Yeah, well, I mean, what, but what are they going to do? Like, what if they get the wrong language? And, and the other part about this, and Cora mentioned this yesterday, you're going to have hitters stepping out all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, you know, you're, you're doing going through all this electronic shenanigans. Now I'm going to step out while you sort of figure out your electronic stuff. And, and even though they're not supposed to step out, remember the David Ortiz thing. Take, you're not supposed to take one, your both feet out of the batter's box. It's a rule which they don't enforce. right? So I just like I just feel like, hey, A for effort, but probably like D for execution until I see otherwise. Rob Bradford of WEEI.com
2: with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Bradfo, thank you, friend. Enjoy the next couple of days. We'll catch you next
1: week. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, right, sir.
2: There goes Rob. We get it. Attention
0: spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?